Hi. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it's season four. That's so exciting. Uh, And this first episode of season four, this is somebody that I have wanted to talk to for so long and watched her online and all her stuff for so long. So this is a really great interview to start off season four with. It's so exciting. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share something new and fun that I'm doing this season. I've added a second show, kind of a a, a mini series called Never Have I Ever. And so every other week, I'm going to bring on a friend who works in the creative field just like the guests that are on Liquid Courage currently. And we're going to play a little special edition of Never Have I Ever. The series is funny, lighthearted, vulnerable, obviously. And we end up talking about things that we've always wanted to do that we've never had the courage to do. I mean, some of the things pop up that we're like, I've never wanted to do that. And thank God I never have. Or maybe I have and I regret it. So far, I'm having so much fun recording the episodes and I'm learning stuff about myself too. So added bonus. So the first Never Have I Ever episode will be coming out next Wednesday, July 19th. And for future episodes, if you want to submit a prompt that we can use on the show, uh, I would love that. To do that, just click the link in the episode description, or you can also head over to our Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast, and the link will be there. Submit a prompt that we can use on the show. Something like Never Have I Ever. Well, you can finish the rest. Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Aisha Alpha and we sip on some sparkling wine. Aisha is a comedian, actor, writer, host. She does it all. You'll probably, or definitely, recognize Aisha from her on-screen roles in shows like Criminal Minds, Degrassi, Good Trouble on Hulu, and Sorry for Your Loss, acting alongside Elizabeth Olsen. Her latest show, Based on a True Story, a dark comedy starring Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina, just premiered last month on Peacock. As a stand-up comedian, Aisha has performed all over the world, including at Just for Laughs in Montreal, Cape Town Comedy Club in South Africa, and the upcoming Afric Ryer and Culture Festival in Geneva, Switzerland. Her comedy has been featured on The Drew Barrymore Show, and her comedy album, All the Parts, was included as one of Ebony Magazine's five black female comedy albums to get your chuckle on. Aisha created and hosts the video interview series Plus One about pregnancy, fertility, and motherhood. And she co-hosts the podcast Shoutout Show with Sophia Zolan, where they offer a hilarious and positive escape from the everyday doom and gloom. So Aisha is a comedian, actor, writer, host, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Aisha. Again. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so when we were just getting ready, we were just talking about how, um, well, I was sharing how I started sweating, taking a sip of sparkling rosé. <laughs> and I was going to tell you, because you were saying about like being a sweaty 13-year-old. And oh, yeah. I don't know if you used to do this, but if I went on a date or like a group hangout at the movies and I thought it was going to be a date, I would purposely get like a soft drink a pop a soda who knows where the listeners are coming from and I would hold it double fist it the whole time in case anyone wanted to hold my hand I'm like oh sorry it's wet like it's the drink (laughs) wait would you do that because your hands would be sweaty or because you just didn't want to oh my hands would be sweaty okay so okay my hands are kind of clammy sometimes too for me it's my my armpits and when Mm. I went through I started going through puberty I kid you not one armpit like 
decided to be sweaty first. So I would have one pit stain and the other one would be dry. It was so weird. And like, I used to like die laughing about it and then it didn't go away. And like, then the other one just joined in and got really okay, sweaty. Okay, good. Okay, so, okay. She joined. But it, like, I think it's like, it is probably good because it's probably weirder to have just one that's really like hyper yeah. hydrosis kind of sweaty. But like, I remember times where I would be sitting there and I would feel nervous and I would feel it dripping out of my shirt if my arm was down, like dripping off my elbow. Oh my God. Because my body was just like, ah! um, yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. I think also that it has something to do with the fact that, like, I was wearing antiperspirant, you know what I mean, mm. to try and stop it. And then in the last, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, I, I got away from that and stopped using it. Had a real hard time the first bit where your body, like, sweats out all the disgusting toxins you've put into it for years. But then <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. I, because I, I used to get, like, rashes from it. So I used to, I stopped and then I started wearing tea tree oil, just, like, patting it underneath. Yeah. And now I just use, like, really like deodorant, like natural deodorant and stuff. And like, I still sweat a bit, not as much as before, but I don't like smell bad, I guess. Well, I don't yeah. know. Sweat, dress <laughs> yeah. sweat stinks like nobody's business. Don't you think? Oh, yes. Or like if I've eaten something that I know, I know my body doesn't like, and then I, my, my sweat will smell so much. I actually learned oh, about yeah. stinky BO sweat from a girl in first grade she would always eat green peppers and then I could smell green peppers on her in gym and I'm like why do I but it wasn't her breath and it was like tangy green peppers and I'm like mm. and then later it wasn't until years later I look back I'm like oh my god that was her sweat she was sweating it out she was <sighs> poor thing I don't think her body liked green peppers maybe you know what the, I mean here's the thing you know I'm <laughs> not the drinking thing. alcohol but we're just letting it all hang out I'm sweaty I'm a gas <laughs> Like yeah, my, yeah. I'm like, I, my family, my whole family, <laughs> aunts, uncles, grown men are like, Aisha is the disgusting <laughs> Like, it's know. just, my husband was like, before we, when we first started dating, I was like, you know, you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm going to fart in front of you. And people are like, oh, that's good. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. And it's like toxic. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's not good. And he was like, look, it's fine. I'm the farter of my family. And then I like started letting them, he was like, Oh God, no! You stolen my power! Like, this is crazy. So I'm not. I would say like on paper, not really like um, a catch for smells. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Smells and like um, emit things emitted from your body. Yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really great. Yeah. I make up but, for yeah. another. A hundred percent. It's also so cute to me that like a farter and a farter found each other. Like that's what okay. I heard in that. It's like the romance. That's, so <laughs> that's your like take. Yeah. There's that's that's a beautiful story. I think I might write a screenplay called "A Farter and a Farter Me" and like all is well. <laughs> Please do, please do. Yeah. I will be there day opening night. I will be there. I'm so excited for it. It's yeah. gonna be the stinkiest premiere. <laughs> yeah. There's oh my god, 4D. You have to do 4D where like the gas emits from the from the chairs. Oh, we have to, oh, I I have, I'll still come. I will. We all have masks now. Like we're so prepared for a 4D stinky little movie. Like we got to go. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um something else exciting other than the premiere of The Farter and the Farter found each other is I saw on Instagram that you just celebrated your um, first 4th of July officially as an American citizen. Congratulations. Yes, it was um, it was very interesting because 
I've never been a citizen of America. Mm-hmm. So I just got my citizenship um, a couple weeks ago. You know, I think it's like, because I'm Canadian. I grew up in Canada. I'm like, mm-hmm. not born in Nigeria, grew up in Canada. Now I live here. And so I think as a Canadian, maybe because I was also an athlete, like we're like, our subconscious is trained to like hate the American flag. Do you know what I mean? With like, yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. We're the Canadian flag on the podium. Like when the American flag goes up so many times because they win so much. I can't say that. <laughs> Me, no American. Um, oh. But like then, my girlfriend who was visiting from Canada, she decorated our whole yard with like American flags and American par- paraphernalia, and I was like, I just, I just I had to dive in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I. I dove in and I'm like having fun. We went to a block party. Mm. Um, But it's like, it is very, it's like for so long, I was like, I'm Canadian, not American. And now I'm like, I think like culturally, I still am very Canadian, obviously, Mm. because that's where I grew up. But like, I have to come to terms with the fact that like, I live in America. (laughs) Like Mm. I am American a little like you know I don't know even what to say because I'm like happy to be here I love it here I love California let's say I love California I love Los Angeles this is where my kids are this is where my husband is so I'm like I love sunshine I'm having a time right but like it is just a weird transition yeah I feel like as Canadians in the entertainment industry we are taught to both hate and want to be American. Like we're taught to like hate America, like we're better, but like, oh my God, please have, like, please accept us, please have us in there. One day I'll be there. Like it's that weird juxtaposition. And also I feel like you deserve to celebrate it because it's a lot of work and money and time and energy being able to move there and live there. Like whether it's an O-1 visa, a green card, whatever. I think actually there's a lot of like misconceptions about that. Cause so often if I'm ever like venting to my non-industry friends or family or whatever about acting. And they're like, well, why don't you just go to LA? I'm like, why don't I just? Like, what was that experience like for you? Because I actually, I do think like you deserve to celebrate the hell out of getting citizenship because it's so fucking hard. Like it really is. It is. I mean, like I, you know, I grew up in Winnipeg. So, and I grew up with parents who were both academics. So it's not like I had this dream of being an actor or moving to LA my whole life. Like that came way later. And I got into acting and comedy like late in life, you know, like my first time I did stand up, I was 30. Mm. <laughs> so it's not like I was like 15, like knew I wanted to be set. So for me to like, you know, have a career in Canada and then make this move when I'm not a spring chicken over here, <laughs> like you're never gonna make it. You're never gonna, you know. And then, you know, you, I had I came over originally to be part of the NBC diversity stand-up um, finals. That's how I, mm. that's the first time I ever came to LA. And then through that, I got like they hired us all to do like these college tours and do stand-up there. So I had a visa just to do live stand-up. Mm. And then I had an agent here, and I kept like getting opportunities, but I couldn't take them. So I applied for my green card. Which people are like, oh, so you just like submit some papers? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's no. not. Like, it's like it took me a year to accumulate mm-hmm. all the stuff I passed and to know what I needed and like so much money and so much like we think we we've got all the stuff, but then like we forgot about this. We you know like just all this like you think you got it and then you don't. And then I finally applied and sent it in, and then my like authorization got lost in the mail, <laughs> like. It was so crazy. And so like, you know, and then you do all that. And then 
I've been here for a while. I ended up getting married. Everyone's like, oh, so you got your green card through marriage. And I was like, no, I did it the hard way. That's like, you have to prove you're an alien of extraordinary ability. Like, it's oh my like- God. Yeah. That like, that like, oh no, they wouldn't hire Jennifer Lawrence. They'd choose me over her. That's how I'm proving that I deserve to be here. It's so, the, even the wording is so intimidating. It's insane. Like I, when I went to the lawyer I went to, he was like, okay, let's just start this off. Have you won an Oscar or do you have a Nobel Prize? And I was like, like no, Yeah, no. in my back fucking pocket. Nope, right? both of them. Absolutely. <laughs> so he goes, okay. So now we have to get into the real. Because he's like, if you had done either of those, we could just submit that. Because that's basically proof that like no one else could do what you do. And I was like, isn't that interesting? Oh, my God. So it was a no for me on those so far. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, then you like, you know, you know how it is. Like there's no, in that industry, there's no real like, the best of anything. Mm-hmm. There's just like someone who gets the part or doesn't get the part, but lots of people could be right for it. But you have to have all these letters from people saying like, I would hire her in a second and there's no one else oh. I want to hire but her. And so, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. And then mm-hmm. I applied for my citizenship and you pay more money, of course. <laughs> and you have to like send in all these documents and stuff. And then you like go and you have an oral test in someone's office. Like I went in and the guy, I went to go sit down. He's like, don't sit down yet. You have to, sw- I have to swear you in. And it's literally just the two of us. I was like, okay. <laughs> you, know, you have to swear that you're going to tell the truth. Then you like sit down and there's a hundred different questions they can ask you that are available to study, which I did. And then he just like asks you questions from this list and you have to get them right. And is it like a quiz? Like about like American history? Like, oh my God, what? I wish it wasn't. It's just like, yeah, like who is Kim Kardashian in Chanel? <laughs> Oh, I would be American in a fucking second. I could nail. I mean, the Kardashians, I'm a little behind, but like anything else streaming on Hey You, I'm there. Like I know all of it. So yeah, what are the <laughs> what are the questions that they're asking? There's a bunch of like his, like questions about history or about okay. health, basically. So you have mm. to know like your local representative for your like zip code, um, and also like who was president during World War One and. Um, things like that. Because that makes you American? I'm so confused knowing that. It's funny, a friend of mine who, oh, actually, this is perfect, who grew up in LA, came to Toronto, getting Uh their citizenship here, uh, just did, and wow, you, I should introduce you two. You're the opposite. You're, you're passing each other. Anyway, just got their citizenship here. And they were saying like all the things that they were studying to answer similarly about Canada. I was like, I know zero of those. Like, I, I don't think I know any of those answers. I don't know how that makes you like, okay, yes, you may live in this country. That's so archaic to me. It's a very strange thing because like a lot of Americans don't know this information. And I think also mm-hmm. a lot of Canadians don't know the information that's on the test. I know that in Winnipeg, anyway, the Winnipeg Free Press used to every Canada Day list every question that they can pull from for the for the Canadian test, oh. so you can test and see like how Canadian are you kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and I think it'd be interesting here to see how many people yeah. can answer all these questions because like a lot of people are like you know go back to where you are. You're not American, but it's like what does that actually mean to be American? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does it like? You know, this is just like Canada. Like, it's all stolen land. It's all, we're all immigrants here. We're all settlers. Like, people who are, like, in America, like, in especially in, like, Southern California, when they're mm-hmm. telling Mexicans to go, like, would you jump the border? And I feel like it's like, would you jump the ocean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this used like, to be Mexico, dude. Like, we just pushed these lines on these, you know, these arbitrary yeah. 
ends. It's so crazy. It is, but but it's like, well, I was going to say read a history book, but honestly, can't. They all wrote it and they're erased. Go do an Ancestry.com thing. You're going to learn your, yeah, 100%. I feel like the test should be more like, this person dropped their purse. Are you going to take the money or give it back? Like, let's test the values and morals of the person wanting to join the community. (laughs) Not if they know who the fucking second president was. Like, who cares? Important for, like, for example, being a citizen, one of your rights is that you Mm. can vote, right? And so I think Mm. it is important to understand the political system and how it all works because then you are an informed voter. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do think that's important. I do also think it's important for people to know history of the place that they're living. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, like, extensive history or anything, but, like, I think you should know, like, what's happened and what's going on now. But I agree that, like, the value thing, like, you want people... I mean, even though, I mean, to play devil, I hate saying devil's advocate, to see the other side of it as well, <laughs> is that, like, there's lots of people here who are bad people, but, like, they're allowed to be here. So if someone's right. coming in, they have to be, like, the best version of anybody to get in. That's but so true. But one of the questions on the, like, when I filled the paperwork out to get my, my citizenship was, are you or have you ever been a drunkard? Literally this word, drunkard. And I started laughing so hard. I was like, what does that even mean? Like, yeah, I was, was going to be like, I was going to hide it and be like, oh, is that a drunk person? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I was like, is it better if I say no? I'm like, I have been drunk before. Or yeah. is America like, we don't want no people who don't drink in here. We want <laughs> You're like, like so I am whatever you want me to be. I don't right. know. I like, what are you? I'm you. You have to like test in the room. Like, they, you have to swear that you would um, bear arms for the country. And like, it's so funny because I was like, Woof. like I, I'm not, I don't use guns, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if I could, I'm just not interested. I, mm-hmm. It's not something for me. Um, but of course, like you say yes, because and I, the guy, I went he asked me that question and I was like, yes. And he goes, really? And I was like, look, I will do whatever it takes to stay in this country because this is where my kids are. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because he's like, okay, yeah, mama bear will bear arm. Mama bear will bear arms. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, only yeah. reason I ever would, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah, he was like, the truth is, once you pass this, you can do whatever you want. You can be in the picket yeah. line. You can go back to camp. He's like, we're not going to be able to do anything. And I was like, fair enough. He was really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, you it's funny that you're like, what is American? Because I, I remember on your Instagram story, you were like, at this Fourth of July party, I feel more American than like most of the people here. And it, ha- it got me thinking a little bit like, what what makes you okay you specifically like what makes you feel American or like when you're there what makes you feel like yeah okay like I'm a part of this group of people I mean I think honestly I'm not sure yet because on that day I was literally just like we were talking about citizenship and so I yeah. was like rumbling off as if I was oh. so like yeah, yeah, these yeah, 100 yeah. questions that have been yeah, yeah. you knew everything I knew everything <laughs> yeah. um But, like, I think that being American really is, like, about being patriotic. Like, it's a very patriotic country. But, like, that means different things to different people. Like, I know a lot of black people were posting on their their Instagram and on their socials, like, about how, like, America needs to do better, which I agree with. And also it's about, like, being black in America. Like, the American black experience, like, black with a capital B, is a very, like, cultural experience, which is, like, a different set of parameters, I think, for feeling like you belong in that. And then I'm sure that, like, indigenous people feel a different sense about, like, 4th of July and what it means to them and what it means for them to be a part of this country. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, I think there's, like, lots of different, you know, ways. But, like, the typical way that I think of all of us Canadians think of Americans is, like, pew, 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 yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cartoon that, like, she's, what is his name? 
Sinister Sam or something like that. Um, you know? I'm thinking of Looney Tunes. Yeah. 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 That, that yeah. Guy. Like pew, 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 pew. double fist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The huge mustache. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a lot of like it's a lot of negative connotations when I think of what it feels like to be American. But then I'm like, yeah. well, I know so many lovely Americans. That's not, and I'm sure it's this. It, I mean, it's stereotypes. It's generalizations. It's usually like the polarized, like worst ends of yeah types of people We're and all that best. stuff. Yeah, they're like Canadians are so polite and nice. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like sure. Canadians are polite and nice. Also, lots of Americans are polite and nice. Yeah. These are jerks and lots of Total dicks. (laughs) I know. It's like people are just people and they are absolutely affected by and influenced by like where they live and that like boiling pot of where they are growing up. But yeah, people are just people, 100%. But you've you've also like spoken in your stand up about how moving to America, like the experience of moving there, how you were treated differently with being biracial there versus in Canada. And you had talked about it in terms of like trying to figure out what your perspective and point of view was as an artist and like as a stand-up comedian. And I found that so interesting because for me, at least I struggle. Like I always want to know what my point of view is and my perspective. I feel like I have to know it before I put any piece of writing or anything out in the world, which is like Mm -hmm. problematic in itself. But I'm just wondering what the experience is like of figuring out what your perspective is through performing and writing versus like figuring it out beforehand, feeling like you have to figure it out beforehand and then like approach. Yeah. I definitely don't know if I have ever figured out my perspective before anything. Honestly, (laughs) I feel like I'm just like a kind of person. Like I go on stage and I like work out a nugget of an idea and hope it is Mm. funny. Sometimes I say things I'm like, what am I even saying right now? (laughs) I think that part of it is like, I'm pretty, like, consistent, I think, with, like, who I am and how I am in general. Mm. The interesting thing for me, most recently, so when I moved to can- from Canada here, mm. uh, the big thing was people were like, no, you black girl. Like, you are black. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Sam, okay. <laughs> but, like, like oh, I had an ex- Good to know. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just a different thing, right? Like, there. Mm. So I hadn't really experienced a lot of like lived culture of blackness and American blackness, but people assume I had because I look a certain way. And so I felt like an imposter when I first came because people, you know, I would be asked to like send in packages for certain shows that were very much a perspective of like someone with a lived experience of being black here, Mm. which felt weird to me. And now I feel like I've lived some of it, so I have a better idea of what it's like. So all of that stuff. But then, you know, also I'm like, I'm biracial. I'm an immigrant twice. I moved from um, Nigeria to Canada and then from Canada to here. I'm a feminist. Uh, I, and I, it's so funny. I was just talking with Coco Galore, who I'm sure you, you know, have, ah, yeah. during Pride about how, like, I've always, like, I've ne- well, I guess I should say I've never considered myself to be straight. Mm. But, like, I've never been, like, put in a box for that. Like, I've dated a lot of men. I've dated some women. Like, I don't really think of myself as anything. So, Mm. like, I would now consider myself under, like, the label, I guess, of being queer. But I'm also married to a man with two kids. Mm. So, like, I was talking to her about, like, not wanting to, like, take up space in that area necessarily Mm. because it feels like I'm taking space away from somebody who needs might need that space for their voice. And she was like, girl, you got to take up space no matter where you are. You know, it's like a good conversation. But like, yeah, all of these things that like naturally kind of come out of me, whether I intend them to or not, because it's like so much of my lived experience. But most recently, I think the thing that's really shifted is becoming a mom, Mm. which I never thought I wanted 
I never thought I would be a mom. I never wanted to get married. I was like against it for me. And then because of that, I never thought I would have kids because I did not want to have kids by myself. And mm -hmm. so like, you know, flip to five years later, I'm happily married with two kids. And mm -hmm. it's like, I have to like rethink about like, who am I? And like, what am I really? And all those things still apply, but now there's this added level of like, nothing else matters to me without, without even having to think about it, without even having to like feel any remorse for it. Nothing else matters to me other than my children. Like my children are the only thing. My husband and I tell him like, you're a very close second, but like my kids, <laughs> like, that's it. That's the thing. I will bear arms for the kids, but maybe not the husband, you know? Yeah, I'm like, oh, we'll he's see. Not. He can do himself, yeah. yeah <laughs> he can bear his own arms. He can bear yeah. his own, he's got big old arms. Like let yeah. him bear some arms, yeah? He can bear the arms. But like, so it's really shifted things because I still am really passionate about like my career. I don't want to be just not, I don't want to say just, but someone who stayed at home with their kids mm -hmm. as the job, their main job. I've always been someone who's had goals outside of the house and wanted to do those things. So it's like almost having to come to terms with the fact that mm -hmm. I'm like, am I a mom first now? Oh God. Like I have to like <laughs> reconcile that with like who I've been for my whole life, yeah. you know? What do you think that, what do you think that is? Like, well, even when you said like, I never wanted to get married, like that was, what, what was, and because we don't know each other at all, and this is the first time we're ever talking, I feel like <laughs> it's unfair of me to not add some kind of context. I have no yeah. children. I am not married. <laughs> I have been with my partner for a very long time. One of the reasons I'm asking is also I'm like, genuinely like yes okay help what's that because <laughs> i i love going to other people's weddings i think they're so fucking fun yeah. i love seeing my loved be a wedding ones plan. in love oh my god yeah. i forgot you did i forgot you did yeah in my research i saw that so okay oh my god i didn't even connect those two so uh, but i've never been interested in getting married the yeah. marriage part can sound lovely on many days the wedding part sounds absolutely horrible. And most people that I know who get married the day of, they don't look, they're not selling it. It's not a good commercial for weddings. It seems so unhappy. So what was it for you? I guess first with getting married yeah, and if it connects to motherhood too, but like, what was your aversion to it? Or what do you think that was in yourself? I mean, I, for me, it was a very like philosophical uh, opposition, mm -hmm. this idea of being uh, possession. So we're having some sort of legal binding thing. And I never, I mean, also I think it was very much flavored by the fact that I was like, had never been with anybody that I feel like I wanted to be with for mm -hmm. a long time. My first boyfriend ever, mm -hmm. great relationship, best foray into like dating and everything. We're still friends to this day. I said Aww. like, if we had ended up getting married, it, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have probably worked well, but it would not have been a disaster. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. Every single person after that, <laughs> absolute like house fire. Like, oh my god, Aisha, you should find out if the first person you dated was the farter in their family, and if the rest of them weren't. Can I tell you? He's not gonna. <laughs> he used to fart all the time, and oh not my god. Because he would be, there would be like silent ones. He thought no yeah. one knew he was farting. I was like, you stink. And he's like, what do you right. mean? I'm like, like I, we can all smell you farting. He's like, you can smell that. And I was like, what world do you live in that you think people what? can't smell your farting fan? Maybe we like attract each other with our farting pheromones. I yes. And that's how you know. So if it's like, anyway, now you don't need to know. But if you ever like, hey, we're going to open up our marriage or whatever. If you're ever like on the hunt for something, Got to find those pheromones. Get them farted. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so maybe it was flavored by that. That's fair. That it was like, well, I've just never been with somebody. Like, yeah. my partner now is so marriage worthy. I just, the yeah. wedding, and I'm with you on the ownership. That's even like, 
with a lot of, I guess it's more in, in hetero relationships for sure, but like any sort of ownership within like monogamy even, and I am in a monogamous relationship, but the, but so much of the talk around relationships or even if it's like, oh, I like when they get jealous or all these things. I'm like, this is so ownership-y. Yeah, yeah. I hate this. It feels horrible. So, and then like this whole, this is the thing that really gets my goat, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me tell you. Like, I don't even know why this started ever, but when modern, I this is so judgmental and I don't even care at this point. When, <laughs> Great. When women this day and age, mm -hmm take their husband's last name oh i'm so interested in this okay talk to me yes unless they hate their name and they're just okay. looking for a change mm -hmm. but when people are just like introducing mr and mrs james oh. schneider I, i'm like hell no i just don't exist anymore i'm just yeah. the add-on like and why like i am more okay if the couple has made that choice right Still, I'm like, hold on. We're going to ask three more times. Are you sure? Are you okay? Do you want help? Blink like, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Blink twice if you... Uh, totally. <laughs> but then I'm also like, okay, like, it's this cycle that then that almost becomes, like, anti-empowering because you're, like, <laughs> taking away from the friend. But I'm with you. It's like, why wasn't it ever a discussion? Why is this an assumption? They're like, that's so just how it is. What do you mean? It's like people are like, well, it's the lineage, it's the lines. And I'm like, we're not back in the what day. What lines? Yeah. And, like gets passed down through like that is so it's so archaic to me yeah and also if you're planning to have kids this idea yeah. that a woman loses her name and then the kids take the other person's name after you have housed them and fed them i'm like uh-uh uh -uh. these children if they're not getting both our names they're getting my name that's it, like, that's, it. <laughs> that's what it is I, yeah. I just don't understand it i'm like you know everyone should do what they want to do okay yes. but like i just do not understand how I lose who I have been up until this point, half of my name, I just mm -hmm. lose it after I decide to commit to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I was having none of that. Actually, it's funny, my husband and I, we were having a discussion about something and I think at one point, like he thinks he's joking a lot, but like sometimes the jokes <laughs> don't like translate. And so right, like, right. like but we had a discussion and he's very, like he's a feminist, he's very like aware and stuff, but like he said something about how um, then I would, I will, I'll change my name for him mm, mm. and I was like I remember just being like what the actual fuck is happening right now <laughs> and then like I like a, a couple days later I was like don't get upset I don't know what's happening this can't I would never expect this from him so a couple days later I'm like I think we should hyphenate our name and he was like I'm not mm. hyphenating my name and I was like and then I just like leapt off the deep end <laughs> yeah, yeah I did yeah, like yeah. a squirrel dive right on in and I was like <laughs> why the fuck would I ever change my you have to change your name oh and I, I went off on him and he was like what? And I was like, I'm not changing my name. He's like, I don't want you to change your name. And I was like, what? You said the other day. And he goes, oh my God, I was totally kidding. And I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding? I'm like, for the last two days, I have been stewing. Like in like seething. <laughs> like I was like, should I fall off the wedding? Like it was so. <laughs> and so we each kept our last name and we hyphenated our kids' last names. But like. Oh, cute. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny too. And sometimes you're like so sure that you heard them correctly and in the right context and in the right tone. And then you're like, oh, never mind. I don't hate I you. Let me just yeah. reverse those last two days. I might have been mean to you the last two days. Had nothing to do with anything. Don't worry about it. Just Minus all this. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I want it to be a choice that we're making. I don't want it to be an assumption that I just, and also like you've said all this, but I'm like, it's rooted in bullshit and we're just cool that we're like, oh no, but that's the bullshit that we're using as a foundation for our entire lives and decisions moving forward. And I'm like, 
Are we going to question that for just like 30 seconds? Are we going to question that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm like, every woman should make whatever choice she wants to make. I just think that it should be a, an, a choice that she wants and not mm-hmm. something just because people do it. And also, you know, like think about your Instagram handle, right? Do you have to change <laughs> I regret yeah. mine so much. Mine is hot, cold, spicy, and I absolutely regret it. It's <laughs> it's not my name at all. It's so bad. I fucking hate it, Aisha. And great. So thank you for the reminder. I hate it so much. I love it. I love oh, it. you have to. But... <laughs> I hate it. A year from now, when we're like really good friends, you can be like, by the way, I was lying. That's bullshit. You should change that. And I'll be like, great. Thank you. Now we're at at the level where you can be like, Amanda, that was a fucking stupid decision. Um, Speaking of branding and acting. Okay. So now I'm going to sweat more. Okay. So I find that when I am around people and not just in the industry, but like when I'm around people that I think are wonderful and that I admire and that I'm intimidated by you and like many of the people that I'm bringing on the show that I just think like, oh, you're so wonderful. I found this habit with myself that I like so quickly set up this dynamic. I don't even mean to that. Like you are higher status than me and I am lower status than you. And that really gets in the way of like starting an actual fucking friendship with people. (laughs) Cause I've just established like, hello, I am your like small dwarf and I, whatever, which is horrible. And you between like acting, hosting, stand up, like you have worked and been alongside so many huge names like Bill Burr, Elizabeth Olsen, Kaylee Cuoco, Chris uh, Messina. I'm always worried that I'm going to say Messina, and I know it's not Messina. And of course, is I'm it saying, not? Uh, I always call Chris Messina. Maybe oh, I'm saying Oh, maybe it, right. it is. Look, now I'm sweating on my upper lip. I watched <laughs> YouTube. I watched YouTube after anyway, and I was like, "How is he saying his name?" Okay, Chris Messina or Messina. Love you. I think you're an incredible actor. All these people, and so how do you help yourself not? like fangirl too much or be too intimidated when you're going to go meet and work with these huge names who are just human beings, but your brain can't always remember that they're human beings. Like, how do you approach that? It's hard, I think, because like the truth is I am bad at recognizing people, which is. That's not going to help me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's to my benefit in this because (laughs) when I auditioned for Sorry for Your Loss, Mm. You know, my scenes are all with Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. And so when I went for the call back, she was the one reading. Oh my God, Aisha, I would have died. I'm such a fan of hers. I would have died. I didn't recognize her. <gasps> oh, actually, that's amazing. <laughs> so it was like, I went in and like, you know, she was lovely and she was an mm-hmm. amazing reader. I was like, God, she's good. Good actor. And I like read with her and was like very intense with her because a lot of mine was listening. Like my my audition for that was mostly listening and like a line at the top and a line at the end with like a huge monologue of hers in the middle. Wow. So I was just staring at her listening and having feelings and thoughts. And at the end, I left and the casting director was like, oh, thank you for not fanning out. And I was like, hmm. And then she's like, yeah, like so many people came and were like, oh my God, like they didn't know. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I left because I was like embarrassed that I didn't recognize that it was her. But I really think it helped me because I was not like freaked out. But like, you know, the truth is when I do recognize people, like my first mm-hmm. gig I was I got here was Criminal Minds. Okay. Like I got this great juicy role oh. where I was Criminal Minds. You were so good in that episode. Thank you. Oh my God. It was a terrifying well, actually, episode. The bunker episode. No big deal. Um, so good. <laughs> so I love Aisha Tyler. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we like people often 
Like, they'll think my name's Aisha because they know Aisha Tyler. Mm. When I was at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival on, like, my first gala, I was introduced accidentally as Aisha. Elvira Kurt, who is, like, amazing mm. and I love her. We didn't know each other then, but she was, like, everybody she did the bio and then she, like, said, Aisha Tyler. And then she, like, walked oh. back and went, oh. And then she, like, was, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And went back out and was, like, let me just redo that. And, and yeah, it yeah. was, like, hmm. So when I went to go audition for Criminal Minds, Aisha Tyler was in the room because she was going to, that was her first episode she was going to direct. And I literally was like, oh my gosh. And so she's like, hey, great to meet you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just did a comedy festival where I was introduced as you. Like I full on was like, oh my gosh. I guess it was I'm like, I have all these connections to you. Yeah. And so she was like, oh God, not this again, you know? Oh, but yeah. then I like did, like settled in and like did my work. It was great, mm. whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, I think that more often than not, I'm like, oh, hey, I know who you are because I, mm. I get triggered to be like, I must know this person. Mm -hmm. And then I realize when I'm talking to them that I know them from TV or from whatever, right. which I think sometimes makes people feel like more comfortable because you're not like, oh, you're a famous person. Oh, my God. And like, it's like I'm like a good friend of theirs or something is how I acted mm. toward them. Like Bill, I met him, we were doing a show together at the Largo and there's like two green rooms in the back and one's for like the famous people and one's for like the nobodies like me. <laughs> and I walked in and I had just finished watching F is for Family, his animated series. Mm. And I heard him talking and I was like, oh my gosh. And I like walked right in, interrupted the conversation and was like, I just watched your show. I love it so much. And he was like, cool, cool, cool. And he's lovely. So he like, we had a conversation. And then the next time I saw him, we like exchanged numbers. But like, I think that for me... My problem is I either don't recognize or I go in hot <laughs> I know them. And then it sets this like tone of like, oh, we're just cool. And then after, afterwards, <laughs> like a few days after knowing them or a few times hanging out, I'm like, oh my God. And then I get that feeling where I'm like, you're so much better than me. Oh, <laughs> it like comes, it's like delayed later. So how do you deal with that when you're like, okay, I already have Bill Burr's number or like I'm now already filming and I've had lunch twice already with Elizabeth Olsen. And now it's creeping in. I think I, I tend to be like, you know what? Like, if it's a natural friendship, it's going to, mm -hmm. like, get over the awkwardness. Yeah. And, like, the truth is, like, I've met a lot of, like, famous people or big names mm -hmm. and stuff. And, like, most of them, we're not going to be friends. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. But, like, the people who you connect with, you will find ways to, like, reconnect with. Like, Bill and I have, like, connected so many times. Like, I've – it's been – like, I now know his wife. I've met his mm -hmm. kids. Like, that just, like, naturally came about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, like, some other people – like, on the new show, on Based on a True Story, like, we were all super, like, having a great time on set and really close. But, like – I never got Kaylee Cuoco's number, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, like, I will sometimes be like, like, when she had her baby, I sent her, like, a congrats on Instagram. And I'm like, I don't even know if this is for her or, like, her <laughs> right. you know, person or whatever. But, like, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen is really mm -hmm. the truth. And I find that I have a lot of anxiety hanging out with people one-on-one -on -one, no matter who they are. Mm. So um, I'm kind of like, I'm probably not going to be friends with everybody. Like, I'll be cool mm -hmm. with them. We'll be able to, like, hang out at a show or something. But, like... I can't be my full self naturally easily. You know what I mean? Mm. It takes me a little while. It takes me finding the right people. Um, mm. So that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. I just, that's what I've come to terms with is like, it's, it's okay that like, I'm not going to be friends with everyone who I think is cool that I would like to be friends with. But like, why do I want to be friends with them? If I don't, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where like, is it because they're famous? Then maybe that's not a good reason for me want to be friends with them. Or be friends with me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I'm like, I'm realizing too, I'm equating 
intimidation with admiration and it's not always the same it can be wow and there are some people where I'm like wow I think they're so talented and I just don't naturally feel a drop like a pull towards being their friend or whatever and I I think you're right it's like a chemistry thing and it might have been Nilu Handa actually in in an episode that I did yeah with Nilu and I know who you know Nilu as well she had said like I think it was her I might be misquoting but I think it was her where she was like be friends with people who want to be friends with you like it's yeah. you don't have to and also there's the there's the gauge being friends with somebody by how they make you feel like do you feel like yourself around them do you feel like is your nervous system super activated when you're around them that might be for yeah. a reason and maybe it's a temporary reason but yeah being more yes. um selective you know? temporary thing and the more you I think there's something like there's really something about like sitting with yourself right mm-hmm. like if you are really clear about you it's really easy to find who you're going to be friends with mm. and know if you should pursue someone who you want to be friends with because like you know yourself well and you want to let mm. that all shine you know mm-hmm. I think it's often like when we are feeling insecure about ourselves or insecure about letting ourselves shine like bad example the farting like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like if I can't fart around you or tell you I'm leaving to go fart we're not going to be able it's to be it's not friends. working 100 percent 100% You're right. I I think you're actually, I think you're making me realize that for so much, definitely of like my younger years or my twenties, like so much of time I spent approaching friendships like, oh, am I like this person do, or do I want to be like this person rather than just, I am who I am. And let's see how that connects with people rather than, you know, running around and being like, oh, am I like Aisha? Am I like this person? Am I like Coco? Am I, should I, will I be, should I be? And that's just not a grounded place to come from ever. Well, and it's not helped by social media and things that Uh, make it really easy to compare yourself. But like mm -hmm. I'm in therapy, cannot recommend therapy enough to the world. You know, and I'm yeah. like, I'm realizing like a lot of patterns of like relationships where I, I grew up feeling like I didn't have unconditional love. I grew up mm. feeling like it was very conditional. I had to be exceptional. I had to like not rock, like not make anyone feel bad. I could never be angry. I could like mm. so many different rules to feeling like I was worthy Ooh. of love, right? Yeah. Which then like translates into all of these friendships where like you're just trying to people please and you're trying to like be different so that you will be accepted. And that, I think that part of that is, especially then, like before social media, you didn't have many options mm. for friends. You had the options of people who you went to school with or you were in your groups with like soccer or basketball or whatever you did. But like now you have like options to be friends with anyone in the world, at least mm. online. You know what I mean? So there, you can find like different ways to like let your freak flag fly, if I, if I may say so. Yes. Whatever that means. So, like, I'm starting to now, like, you know, even, like, people I've been friends with for a long time where I'm like, ah, if it's not working, it's not working. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Like, blessed are we all to be able mm-hmm. to, like, just live our full lives and shine our full light. And sometimes that means you have to let people go. Um, and that's not mean or bad. It's, like, a beautiful thing for the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And it doesn't – I think it's sad or, like, it's unfortunate that we sort of – as like a society frame that something is either forever or it's a failure, (laughs) like that a friendship, it doesn't make sense to me. Like if you were in like a 20 year marriage and then you both decided to uncouple, it's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. That was a failure. I'm like, you fucking live together. What are you talking about? It's 20 years. Like I think so. And some friendships they're going to, yeah, maybe they'll like dissipate for a little bit and then they're going to come back in 10 years or never. And they were a gift to you during that time. Like I think it's, I mean, it's all about just like perspective and reframing it all for yourself. And remembering that, like, you're an awesome, unique star, you Mm. know? And so, like, you will always be able to find (laughs) 
friends. Mm. You will always be able to find new friends. So if you have to like let something go or you're in a place where like everybody, you know, like someone who was like, oh, I had addiction issues and everyone I knew basically mm. was part of that and they were enablers or encouragers. So like you have to let go everybody. Yeah. But like that must be so difficult. I've never gone through that. And mm-hmm. also you are a unique star who attract, mm. like you have light to shine and you get to mm. shine upon people's faces. Like you will find somebody wonderful. And one of my friends said to me when I had a big breakup that was really hard, she's like, you were fine before and you will be mm. fine again. And that's just the beginning, middle and end of it. So, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm like, if it is really true and it's hard to remember in the moment and even like, you know, pre the moment mm-hmm. my therapist had this wonderful thing where she's like sometimes we make choices based on what we think is going to have the best outcome but mm-hmm. what we should do is make choices based on what is like the most true to us and I was like oh, oh. my god I've been doing that so much lately being like well if I do this, <laughs> this and the other thing and I'm like but wait a minute like what's going to be true to me and then we'll deal with what comes later because it may come it may not come whatever yeah but like we cannot predict the future so like why yeah. don't we just like live with what we know and with our like integrity intact and go from there yeah you're you're right because otherwise if you're choosing I'm going to do this not because it feels right to me right now but because then this will be the outcome and then this when those outcomes or if those outcomes don't come to fruition or don't come in the way that you want, it just builds resentment. You're like, I only made this choice for that. But if you choose something that is true to you, like you said, that it's maintaining your own integrity, then even if somehow, and I'm using air quotes, like doesn't work out, whatever that means, you're like, well, I made the choice that was right for me. Someone said too, like, forgive, I'm going to fuck this up, but it was like, I don't know. It's like, forgive yourself for not knowing what your future self knows, basically. Like make a decision and it's like, yeah, I'm going to make this decision. And next week I might be like, God damn it. This was a, this was, I don't want this outcome. But Amanda today did not know that outcome. So like, I, I only know the information I have. Can I tell you this thing that my dad Mm. told me and it still gives me shivers and it's like way too spooky. Okay. But (laughs) tell me, I love spooky. Tell me. Oh, it's like spooky good. (laughs) So he, he's, my dad is a very like spiritual man. He's like Mm. very African. He's very into like a lot of stuff. But, um, he said to me, he's like, Whenever you have a choice to make, where mm. there are like two things you can choose, he said you must like deliberate a lot and so you make a good choice. And then once you make the choice and you move down that path, the reality is the other choice never existed. I'm not people pleasing. I promise you. I hope you can see. On the- I'm like got goosebumps. <laughs> it's spooky, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. So like, you're right. It never no- fucking existed to begin with. It never There's existed. There's never a wrong choice. There's never a bad choice. Whatever choice you take leads you down the path that you were meant to go down, that you needed to learn from, that you need to be on. And so it's like, you know, don't make a choice flippantly, but like you literally, it gives you permission. You've never, ever, ever, think about this. You've never in your life made the wrong choice. Oh! I can't deal with it sometimes. <laughs> well, cause it's also, even if, and like I was, so like, even if you don't, I struggle sometimes with like, meant to be or this is this is the path for you or whatever but even if we remove that if I'm at a fork in the road and I can choose a or b if I choose b it's like that's just the path I'm now I sound like I'm like I am stoned and I'm like talking philosophical but I'm not but truly like if I choose b yes a never existed and also then b is just the path that I am on whether I'm meant to be on it or not like that's reality that's where I am that is the only thing that exists when they're yeah. like writing my memoir, whoever's my little gremlins in my head are writing my memoir, whoever the fuck is doing that. Option A never existed. 
Wow. Mr. Alpha. Alpha? I don't know. Maybe you took your mom's last name. Mr. Alpha. And in fact, everyone just calls him Alpha, though, including my mom. Like, it's his what a great, so, what a which great. Which is also very like spiritual guru kind of stuff. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I wonder if people accidentally spell it with like a PH. Always, always, always. always yeah. Always. I'll Rude. spell it A-L-S-A and they spell it PH. And I'm like, thank you for the oh. dog. Wow. But it's just an out. Like, thank you for listening to me. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. So you spoke a little bit earlier about motherhood. I would love to ask you. Okay. So first of all, your series plus one that you created oh, while yeah. pregnant. Yes. First of all, it was such a gift to what I have never been pregnant. Yeah. I have no children, but I... The whole thing scares me, confuses me, not sure. And I find it really hard to find spaces where people are sharing and speaking about pregnancy and motherhood in a neutral way, like where all the feelings are accepted and not just like complete total positivity optimism or you're like evil. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's very hard (laughs) to find. And it's so offensive because people use that positivity to make huge judgment about women and about parent momming parent well let's say momming for real Mm. like they're so judgmental about women talking about how hard it is Mm -hmm. Um, and even people like my husband like he's a lovely person he's a wonderful Mm. partner he's a wonderful Mm. parent and a wonderful co-parent and like even he like he no you cannot you people can't get it fully if they haven't gone Mm. through it Mm -hmm. and it's not that they don't want to but like some of the things he said, I remember just being like, are you fucking out of your mind right now? <laughs> like, I remember at one point, and he, to this day, he'll hate that I'm saying this, but he, to this day, is like, I can't believe I ever said that. But I was talking about how when we, we got pregnant right after our honeymoon, mm. on our honeymoon, then we got pregnant. We found out right after our honeymoon. So it was like, for me, I was like, this is like too soon. Like, I wanted mm. to have some time, but whatever. And then I was kind of like having this like real like existential crisis. And I was like, yeah, like you don't understand him. I'm like... My job is about, like, I'll be out of my job for so long. Mm. My body will change. Like, all of these different things. And he was like, well, you know, I'm also going to have things that are changing. Like, it's pretty 50-50. And I remember being like, (laughs) show me that math. Show me your work, sir, on that math equation of 50-50. I would love to see. So, and I think it was a very big, like, de- it was like a defense thing because he so has wanted kids his whole life. And then oh, when he, he finally got really yeah. he was just like, what? You know, like, he was like, don't do that. That's not like blah, blah, blah. Is his a ri-. But he, again, I hope he never sees this because he'll be very angry that I shared that because it's not who he also, is. Also, he's he lovely is. and a lovely partner and a lovely, and we can only joke about this because the foundation is a lovely human being. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I, I made that because I was actually up for a show and I got dropped when I was pregnant and I had all this time on my hands because I had cleared my schedule for the show that I had been booked for. And I was like, well, I'm going to make something then because Mm. this is the reason, like I'm not able to do this because of this pregnancy. And so I want to have like a positive experience. But when I looked at like, I was also worried about being pregnant and like scared Mm. of birth and like, am I going to be a good mom and all this stuff. But every time I would look for things, it was like this Disney version of what motherhood was. Like that's not, I am not this person. So like none of this relates, I can't relate to any of it. Mm -hmm. So I asked my girlfriends who were like either trying to get pregnant, going through fertility stuff, moms, whatever, just about like their experiences and give me the real Mm. and made those interviews to kind of like have another option 
that was not candy coated. Mm. A lot of them were really funny just because it's hilarious being a parent, <laughs> right? Life mm. is ridiculous. But like a lot of them were also really emotional because it mm. is hard and you do kind of like have to mourn yourself as a person, as a woman, mm. as a woman who then becomes a mother and like you have to mourn your old life and like figure out how to pick up the pieces when you literally have nothing physically and spiritually and emotionally left. Mm. And then you have to wake up seven times a night to feed, breastfeed your kid and your career's on hold and your partner doesn't get it. And like your friends are out having the times of their lives and getting all these great like roles and stuff. And like, so I wanted to show at least from my circle of friends, like what Mm -hmm. that was like, and then like honor and celebrate the strength Mm. of these women who had done that, you know, Mm -hmm. like moms, are fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's insane. Like, whether you agree with how a mom is momming or not, like, every mom is phenomenal and mm-hmm. trying her best, and that's all there is to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, need, we need more of that. Absolutely. And more space. Like, even in conversations with my close friends who have young kids, like, just started having kids, or I can feel their, like hesitation it's almost like they're filtering constantly like is this okay to if I say this am I a bad mom okay then I'll shame myself and I'm not gonna say it and the spaces to like allow yourself to be like I don't like my kid today or like I I'm so bored or I'm so annoyed and like I know I don't have children but like I'm seeing that and I'm wanting to like dive inside my friends hearts and heads and just go to the core of their motherhood and be like hey you can hate this as much as you want. And it doesn't mean that you love your kid any less. Like, you know, but the shame that is presented to you is so fucking real. And I get frustrated that there's not more real dialogue around pregnancy and motherhood because it's one of those things that like, once I get pregnant, if I ever do, it's too late. Like, I want to know the shit before. Let me sign the waiver before I get the surgery. Like, that's the thing. Don't be yeah. like, oh, my God, pregnancy is amazing. And then I get pregnant and you're like, you're going to feel like you want to die for nine months. And I'm like, no one fucking told me. This is so annoying. Right. You need to know all this. And the thing is, too, I think part of it is people don't want to, like, we, we have amnesia. We yes. forget a lot of bad stuff. And that's, like, the way it's designed so that mm-hmm. people will have more than one child. Also, right? like, annoys me towards... <laughs> like nature and evolution like what I can't fucking handle like I should be in that feels so patriarchy came up with that like a dude (laughs) figured out amnesia for pregnancy can I say I am fucking here for it I do not want to remember all the bad stuff (laughs) I need to to have this full goodness fill those holes for me okay like I am about it and like the other thing is too especially with like pregnancy I think now it's like I'm, I'm tr- working on this documentary about menopause about mm. you know like sort of idea where like no one talks about it and blah 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 yeah. but I think it's the same for both of these that like everyone only has their own experience and so there's like a million different things that can happen like when you're pregnant all your teeth could fall out that's a possibility it doesn't <sighs> happen for a lot of people but it's possible that that could happen okay like you're it's something called relaxing it loses everything your teeth fucking fall out for some all of them it happens to enough people that there's a term for it that's yeah, not it's, okay it's, so but like we all so say out of like these let's say there's let's just for arbitrary there's a thousand yeah. things that could happen during pregnancy yeah i'm probably going to experience like 25 okay? okay and then of those 25 i'm probably going to share three that's just right. the way okay. it works okay. and so like it's almost like 
even you want people to share, give me all those 25, right? But yeah. Even yeah. if you don't all 25, I still don't know. Oh, the there's so many more. 75, yeah. unless I literally speak with as many women as possible or whatever, like we're playing odds here, right? right. So, and okay. then each pregnancy is different. Mm-hmm. Each kid is different. Each sleep pattern is di- like, it's just like, it's insane. And yeah. so it's like, there is no way to be prepared. There is no way, but we do ourselves a disservice in trying to pretend like it's all good for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's not. And we do like, I love to be in rooms just full of moms. Mm. Oh, the realness is so beautiful. It's mm. like the most feminist energy I think I've ever been around. Cause people are like my fucking kids, you know, like you can just like <laughs> let it out and yeah, know yeah, that yeah. you're supported and held by other yeah. like women who've gone through this or not gone through this and they're just okay like mm. you know here this is whole movement sorry i'm just like rambling because this is my fucking soapbox and this is i like love it I, please I on this hill but like <laughs> the like abortion rights and like women's mm. reproductive rights here like i've never had an abortion and i now i i don't plan on being pregnant ever again my husband got a vasectomy so like i probably will never have to like worry about that and like i and i didn't want to you know but mm. I am like a huge advocate where I'm like, that should not make a difference because women should have the ability to have control over their bodies and the choices that they make for their bodies. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like this stuff is all like regulated and like lorded over by these fucking conservative like white dudes who then get emotions for their like, you know, mistress or whatever, which is all very, very trope and very like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just like, I just don't understand. I have like, I joke about this in my comedy, how like when I gave birth, Mm. I legit walked around like I was like, I am a fucking like giant Amazonian woman (laughs) who is of the earth. And I'm like, I'm made a part. Like, I'm like, you're all made by us. We own you bitches. Like I was like, so like empowered. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell are, is anyone treating women badly? Like, I know, you they- came from one. Like, them? it's insane. I know. It's insane. For one of my, like the first close friend of mine who started having kids, her, her oldest daughter is turning four soon. And I literally still will be like, oh my God, she has kids. Or like, I'll just think of her and I'll be like, she grew two human beings. I'm like, yeah, one of them she gave birth to like four years ago. And I'm still not over the marvel that is like, any of my friends' kids, I just, when I think of them, I'm like, you birthed this. You, like, grew this. Yeah. yeah. My friends can't tell me how hearts work. And they made one. They grew a heart that will keep a human alive for, like, almost a century. What? And, like, if you if you have a girl, they have all of their eggs. So, like, you not only made them, but in ways you also made their kids. And their like, it's, kids' you know, kids. And it's you so... made generations. It is mind-boggling. You're iconically generational. What? Like, this is why it's crazy to me that we take men's names. If we're talking about the line, women are the line. <laughs> 100%. We're the line, okay? We are the we're line. the fucking line. <laughs> it is wild. Yeah, but you know what? Okay, someone said this. I'm not going to say it as well. But it was like, because of our magic in that way, our birthing magic, our growing magic, our uterus magic. That's why the men had to do that. Oh, 100%. Because they were so intimidated by the magic. They were like, fuck, we got to control that shit or they're going to run the world. But I'm also like, you know what? Might have been better for them. We might have taken better care of them than they take. I don't know. I also, that's not very feminist because it's much more like, 
I don't think we're better than men. I think there are so many men that are absolutely wonderful. I think humans can be wonderful humans in America or Canada. You know what I mean? But right. just saying, let's respect the oven general, where we are growing them. If you had to pick a side, we're picking women. We're picking on. women. We're picking women. We're picking women. 100%. And we're yeah. taking up space if we pick women and pick men and pick non-binary and pick every type of human being. We're also going to take up space yeah. that we want. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'm joking because there is no picking of anything. Like, truthfully, yeah. if women ruled the world, we would just take care of everybody. You know what I mean? Like, we would just put a big, beautiful arms and bring you to our bosom. It would not matter what no. your genitalia was or what your religion no. was or what anything was. Mamas are mamas. It doesn't fucking matter. Oh, mamas are mamas. So true. At Pride, they had, there was different women walking around offering mom hugs and just, it never gets old, me seeing that. I'm just like, oh, my heart, my heart, it's my heart. Beautiful. My heart, it's beautiful. As somebody without any human children, <laughs> I... I really want to support my mom friends and I find myself trying to um, assume or anticipate like what they need. Like I'm like, oh, I want to ask them about their kids genuinely. And then I think, oh, maybe they all, maybe they don't want to talk about their kids. That's not their only identity now. Anyway. And then I just get in my head and I, and I just ask them, but I'm wondering for you, like what were some of the ways that your friends showed up for you? Like in your pregnancy or your motherhood that you found especially impactful? I mean, my first pregnancy was really easy and fun, mm. and I felt amazing. I, mm. I jogged until I was like eight and a half months pregnant. Oh, wow. Like crazy. Good for you. Yeah. My second pregnancy, I was on bed rest, which mm. sucked. And I think like, and then when my daughter was born, like she's like the most fierce human being I've ever met in my life. Like from mm. the moment she was in utero when she's like, I'm getting born, bitches. Like she just like <laughs> defied all odds and like. <laughs> You know, she was <laughs> clinically colic. Mm. Uh, so she cried for hours and hours on end, even though there was nothing wrong. And she would vomit like constantly up until she was one year old. Because like, she was crying it, so hard? Not even from the crying. So the crying mm. was a whole thing. And mm. then she also just vomited. And as she got Aww. older, it became cyclical vomiting, which means she just would vomit for like six hours, seven <gasps> hours longer sometimes. We'd have to go to the hospital. So like... You know, it, it's, it was very, very difficult. Um, and it was it's very, like, devastating as a mom when your kids are sick. And it's really hard when there's nothing you can do. Like, mm -hmm. when kids have colic, like, there's nothing you can do because there's nothing wrong. They just cry like someone is stabbing them for hours. Oh and so, gosh. and, like, one of my girlfriends, who I actually know from home, from Winnipeg, who lives mm -hmm. here, she's, like, this amazing, just good energy she's an amazing friend she's got amazing energy and she came by and of course my daughter was like wailing mm -hmm. and it's like you know as a mom like you're postpartum you're healing physically mentally everything um you hear your kids cry your breasts start leaking mm -hmm. you're like a mess right like I've never sweat so much in my life <laughs> both armpits or just one oh armpits back like I would wake up and put all, of it. all your hormones push stuff out oh. um, but like, you know, you feel like a disgusting puddle of messy and you're very emotional. Mm -hmm. And like, she came over and she's like, can I hold her? And I was like, sure. And she held her and then she started wailing. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll take her back. And she was just like, if you're fine with it, I'm fine with it. I'll just bounce her, I'll hold her over there. And she just took her mm -hmm. to like a different room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. You're my best friend. You're my best friend I've ever had. Like, I was just like, she was just 
so at ease. Like, she's like, I'm not going to make this go away, but like no mm-hmm. one is. So she's like, if, if nothing's wrong, then like yeah, it doesn't matter exactly. if you or by me. And like, you need a break. So she just yeah. like took her. And mm-hmm. I was like, it honestly, like things like that where it's like, you know, moms need a break. They mm-hmm. often just need someone to help. So whether it's like bringing them food or like offering to like look after their kid if you're trustworthy with kids and they can trust <laughs> you, with her, yeah. you know, or like, like people will be like, oh, I got you a spa day. And it's like, great. But like, I can't go to a spa day. Like right, someone's like, going to look after my kid. Like, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So like the whole package, if you're going to help take care of a mom, it starts with like giving them space and time. And that might mean like giving them space from their kids, mm-hmm. like joyfully and like mm-hmm. not asking questions like sometimes my when my husband's like okay like I'll take I'll do this but like then he comes back he's like like 15 questions and I'm like yeah, let yeah, me yeah. just do it then because uh, yeah, like yeah. I'm like just go do the thing if you get it wrong it's fine or if you do it differently it's fine like it doesn't matter just give me space yeah so as a mom for me I can speak for myself one thing that's like so appreciated appreciate I so much appreciate is when people give me space mm. that is like just me space whether it's just me on my own to like get a massage, to literally, like, watch trashy TV. Josh's family, when we went away, uh, like, to a family kind of thing, they let us get away to go get to my friend's wedding in um, Niagara, actually. And so we were gone for two nights, and they, like, took care of our bebes. And it was literally, like, the most beautiful, freeing thing to know, like, they're in trusted hands. Mm. I feel like that's the thing is, you know, to be a great mom, you need to just have space to reconnect with yourself and to like take some time for self-care which is impossible to find time for so like my advice to people who are looking for like what can I do for a mom Mm -hmm. find ways to like give them space to themselves that's Mm. it yeah doing it calling all my friends (laughs) I'm coming over I'm stealing all your children thank her again for that time she came like a couple times I got her I'll just take her and I was like I love you so much when you do get time thanks to your friends what trashy tv are you watching just side note I was watching selling sunset was oh, yes. like i love selling sunset so much i just love mm-hmm. watching seeing the, the homes seeing the cattiness where i'm like this is not my life and this is yeah. so amazing lunch yes 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 um also something that i watch i like love watching dating shows like um the jewish matchmaker oh did you watch yeah, the indian matchmaker too did you oh, watch both of them matchmaker love but Sorry. I think one of my favorite reality shows, which is honestly like a feel-good show, is um, Love on the Spectrum. Okay, that is on my list. So many people oh tell God. me to watch it, and I haven't seen it yet. My husband used to always know when he would like go out and come back, and I was bawling. He's like, "Were you watching Love on the Spectrum?" Oh, he fucking <laughs> like, like, oh, she, he's like, she's fine. <laughs> she's just yeah. been watching. She's been net. She's been binging on Netflix. It is literally the most beautiful show because it's like all of our insecurities, all mm. the things we try to hide so desperately from the world when it comes to love are just like, like without any shame poured out Aww. of these people who are on the spectrum on mm. the show. It is the most beautiful, honest, authentic thing I've ever seen. And it makes me be like, I want to be more like this in my life every time I watch it. It's so amazing. Wow. You fucking sold me. I might, yeah, I might watch it tonight. You sold me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to message you like a crying face and you're just going to know like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're just watching. It's it's only going to add to your life to watch this and see the beauty Uh, that is people on the spectrum looking for love and being honest about what they want in love. It's gorgeous. Oh, God. And even things like, they'll be like, so should I pay or should you? And it's like, no, you should pay. You're the man. Like, it's like so just, it's 
things we're always worried about. But did they just yeah. say it? I love it so Which much. Which is so yeah. matter of matter of fact. No, you should pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's it's so the setup beautiful. structure is that you pay because you're the man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> okay. Now we understand sure. the system. We can go forward. Like yeah. it's so good. Oh, okay. I'm probably going to watch. There's a multiple seasons, right? Are there two seasons? I think there's multiple seasons and then there's multiple, there's like American version. There's the Australian version. And I don't know if there's oh. another one, but I'm hoping that there's another, like, where else can we go people? Cause yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Have you seen, um, the ultimatum, like the queer version or the, yeah. oh, the MTV. Oh, it's so, gr- I mean, it's trashy, but it's great. It's just, there's so many problems with it in terms of like <laughs> approaching queer television and somehow like MTV does it better a million years ago, <laughs> which like, sure. Like, I guess we haven't learned, but for the, I forget what I it, oh my God. Yeah. I forget what it's called on MTV now, which is so bad. Cause I watched all the seasons of it anyway. It's really There's good a, too. I, I watched Love is Blind. Yes. As like another like trashy one that I, there, there, it's not a feel good, obviously like. Not um, at all. Show for the part, but <laughs> it was like, it made me realize I was like, oh my God, I can't believe like, you know, especially not wanting to get married. Mm. These people have like, they so desperately want to get married. And I just like, I can't even wrap my brain around it. And so I know. Kind of yeah. Like, watching aliens. Yes. I'm totally with you where like to so many maybe mo- maybe all of these people that the agenda is to get married before meet a person I'd want to marry like that that's the priority and yeah. I can't it's unfathomable to I don't understand the allure of being married unless the person is so incredible that I want to marry them they're supposed to be the catalyst not wanting to get married like I don't it, I can't compute I don't understand so yeah I love I love they're watching just all that to, like, too get somebody they they've just met into like a box that they've created and have been holding like steadfast and it's like yes kind of fascinating because even now like my husband like even when we met, like, I was like, I don't really think I want to get married. And then, like, mm. six months in, all of a sudden, it was like someone flipped a switch in my brain. And I was like, mm. oh, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. And then, like, we full on had, like, a wedding. Like, not just, like, an, a, we didn't just, like, go to the courthouse. Like, we had a wedding. Mm. And, like, went on a honeymoon. Like, you know, we did all the things, right? I had a wedding dress. Like, it was, like, a whole thing. But, like, I, I was, I... It took me again, like with the kids thing. It took me a while to reconcile with the fact that I was a, I was gonna get married and like yeah. go into this system that I so like despised in a way for me. But like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I love love. I love weddings. I loved being a wedding planner and watching people like being like, these people are really meant to be, or like mm. these people want to have a good party. I don't think it's gonna last, but it's gonna be a good party. Like you know, mm. whatever. But like, yeah, it's that's one where it, I think that I'm watch. I watch that show and it's literally like watching Aliens. Like I yeah. just don't. Yeah. It sounds like with your wedding and marriage, though, that you sort of like followed Alpha's advice. And it wasn't that you were choosing, I'm going to choose this for the outcome of being married, but you were like choosing it of like, this feels right for me right now. And I'm not going to not do it because I made some arbitrary choice before of not having that outcome. Like I had to so fight against my own ego and pride because I was like, I'm a person who doesn't want to get married. And that's like part of my identity. Yeah. And then when I felt like, oh, I did want to get married to him I was like fighting against it and it was just so arbitrary and stupid like I was like that's dumb like that is so dumb I'm sabotaging myself with this good relationship that's healthy with this person who wants to get married you know what I mean yeah and you feel the desire to do it yeah it's like it's my my therapist a long time ago was telling me like 
don't spend your adulthood like chasing your 14 year old dreams. Like don't. And it's just this thing of like, if five years ago I said I didn't want to get married, if today's Amanda wants to get married, five years ago, Amanda's cool with it. Like she's, yes, she's fine. Exactly. Like I don't need to keep fulfilling or like checking off her to-do list or like going after her vision board. It's like, I can make a new vision board. I have a new one already. Don't get yes. in your way of it with like old, old dreams, old, totally. old we arbitrary stuff. stuff from our past so much. And yeah. it really like hinders our, not even our future. It hinders it's just our, our present. present. It does. Right? Yeah, it does. Alpha yeah. would be proud of us. Mr. Alpha would be so proud of us right now. <laughs> I don't even know your dad. I'm just talking about him like he's like one of my best friends. I'm like, oh, no, Alpha. you love it. My dad is okay, like, I, I, did a, I have a podcast. It's on like a hiatus right now. But my dad was one of our early guests. And he like spit all this like oh. deep African man knowledge. And like legit, my other co-hosts who were like, you know, comedians here were like, yeah. Oh my God, can you please come to LA? And like, they were like, who is this man? And he was like, mm, yes, that would be love. Like he's just so <laughs> into like, it. So, book me, yeah. let's do it. Get me an O1 <laughs> visa, I'm there. Um, somehow we do have mama witchy uh, telekinesis, telepathy, telepathy. Because the way that I wanted to end out our time together just for today is an ode to your podcast. So on Shout Out oh. Show, your podcast, with Sophia mm -hmm. you do like shout outs and then you also do a mantra so first actually would you mind telling people what a shout it might seem obvious but could you tell people what a shout out is oh yeah yeah, yeah. so this all started from the pan like during the pandemic in the thick mm. of like doomsday yeah. Sophia Zolan <laughs> who's like a hilarious comedian here a Greek goddess of a woman she's so amazing <laughs> And we were just like, we need something to be positive. So we used to go on Instagram live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And just do like we would like write out things that were like making us happy that week and like talk about them together. And it could be like nature or one time she was like coffee mate. I know people are going to hate this, but I love coffee mate and it makes me happy. And so, we, you know, whatever that thing that you want to just be like, I want to shout this thing out. I want people to know about it because it's wonderful. Mm. Um, and then we started doing it as like a live show for this theater here um, on Zoom. And then we started as a podcast. But basically it's like, you know, like it's about it's about being grateful mm. for whatever you can find that's positive. Because mm. during the pandemic, when there was a lockdown, it was very obviously very devastating for a lot of people. There was a lot of horrible stuff going on, but it was like trying to find the good mm. that everything wasn't about focusing on the bad. So we could put at least a few things in our frontal lobe that were like positive, 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 and see mm. that and brighten everything up, right? Because what you see, then you look for and you find, right? So mm. so we did that. And then we, when we did the podcast, we would have on a guest who would then bring shout outs as well. And yeah. it was like beautiful because sometimes they were like, we would talk about them for a few minutes and sometimes we'd spend like so much of the show talking yeah. about like a random thing, like olives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whatever Ooh, it was. Yum. Yeah. Uh, right? And like yeah. very divisive at times, but like we have to remember or we get to remember mm. that like no matter what's going on, there are still good things, right? Like I'm breathing. I'm alive today. I got good hair. I'm like whatever <laughs> it is, like finding the positive, even if it's just tiny, a teeny, tiny little speck of light in like an absolute abyss of darkness, that counts. Yeah. It's so wonderful to listen to. And if you ever decide to come off of hiatus, I so look forward to new episodes. But everybody who hasn't listened, go check out Shout Out Show because it's so, you gain so many like heart points. Like I just feel like my heart is being 
energy being refueled. Um, and I'm spurring this on you. So I would love for us to both share like a shout out and a mantra that we currently have. And I'm realizing I should have told you this ahead of time. So you know what? I will share my shout out first and give you okay. some time. And also you take all the time you want. Uh, this isn't live. What am I saying? You take all the time you want. I'm going to pour some more of my Oh my, my gosh, drink. yes, please. With every sip, I'm sweating more, but then it's cooling me. I'm also wearing like fleece sweatpants. Like who am I kidding? It's July. But my office gets so cold because the air conditioning vent. So usually I'm really cozy in sweatpants, but I had to remember nerves plus like, I don't know, sweatpants, sweatpants. Really plus fleece it. equals sweating. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so my shout out today, and I, I didn't think of a theme. I just wanted to leave it open because I know on your okay. show, which I love, every episode's a theme, a themed yeah. shout out. Okay, so I might be pronouncing this wrong, so I'm going to spell it too. So it's this app called Yuka, Y-U-K-A. You might already know about it. Oh, do you know about it already? Is this the one that you can like scan things and see? Yes! How oh my God, I love it. So you scan a bar. Okay, so for not for Aisha, but for everybody else, for watching and listening, <laughs> you scan and it, the app, the icon looks like a little, it has a little carrot in it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's an app called Carrot. That's not it. Yuka. Y-U-K-A. <laughs> the logos look very similar. I got confused. But you scan a barcode of any product and it's products that touch your skin, typically. Like, my yeah. partner and I tried to scan something and nothing came up and we're like, oh yeah, because it was something stupid. Like this doesn't touch our bodies at all. That doesn't make sense. It does like food and skincare and hair care and makeup yeah, and all and maybe stuff. cleaning products, maybe. Ooh, I think, I'm trying to remember if that's what we tried to scan. But essentially you scan the barcode and then it will give it a rating out of 100 of how clean, I'm using air quotes, like clean, but it will, it will actually show you the different ingredients with like a little green circle or a little red circle being like, this is bad, this is like a carcinogen or like, hey, this ingredient's fine for you. And then you can yes. do with it what you want with that knowledge. But I think it is bullshit that we can say like organic and that's a fucking brand name instead of an actual adjective of a, of a product. Cause I'm thinking, I feel very lucky. My partner and my mom both are very well versed in health and those things. So they can mm. tell me a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have time. A lot of people don't have resources to figure this out. And I don't like how it's not transparent. So down yes. oh it's free and yuka's free i'm cheap it's free so you can use it's that it's such a good app because i love yeah. it like like you can do with it what you want because yeah it'll tell you like okay red green or yellow mm -hmm. and then it'll say like what the ingredient is what the issue with it is oh yes because like it, yes like, it causes irritant it's irritant for some people so if you're yeah. like if it's not irritant for you then it's fine it's not really a yellow or whatever it's a green for you right yeah but then it'll also say like like alternatives or like why it's banned or where it's yes. banned and stuff like that. And then they offer you an alternative product that's similar to the thing you scanned if it has a low rating. So you can be like, oh. instead of this, you could also use this. What do you think? You know? So and what good. That is, there's certain product or like companies where I'm like, oh, they're a clean company and I really like what they have. Mm -hmm. So, but then I'll scan like a couple different products from them and like most of them are like a hundred or like 97 or 98, but then one will be bad yeah. or lower because of some ingredient that's not used in most of their things. And they'll be like, well, this could be an irritant or it could cause cancer or it could, it's like, if it's ingested or if it's mm. like left on so it really gives you a lot of details so that you can it's not just like oh it's bad or it's good exactly yeah. I love that too it's like here's the information we're going to do the research work for you and kind of assess it ourselves but then also we're allowing you to be autonomous and like making your own decision because maybe you're cool with that ingredient or maybe yeah. one of their green ingredients you're like I actually don't do well with that I don't want it so oh I love that I've been scanning everything in my apartment it's 
And the cool thing is they have no affiliation with any company, so it's not like they're trying to get you to buy something, oh. which is always a suspect thing for me. Didn't you know? know that, and I love that. Okay, that's wonderful. It's, oh, it's wonderful. Great. Okay, I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, I always have shout-outs. Let's, okay. let's just put this. Okay, great. I always, always have things I can shout-out. I think mm. we made the show because it's really part of our personality. Yeah. Lately, I have been loving like I mean I said I I told you when you're like what do you like to drink and I was like I love sparkling wine okay so I have found this whole especially in LA this whole new movement mm. of non-alcoholic or like de-alcoholized wines and sparkling wines mm. and there's a there's a, a shop here called Boisson and it's and like basically it's a non-alcoholic liquor store oh the whole store whole store so they have like um, mocktails like De Soie, which is Katy Perry's company that does like these amazing, really good mocktails. The Elixir brand, which does like very complex, herbaceous like mocktails where like you pour it over ice. It's not just like sugar water. They're all low sugar. They have all of these wines and sparkling wines that are from wineries where after the process they remove the alcohol so they taste like very similar to wine or they taste like wine just like a, you know you're missing the alcoholic qualities of it wow um, and then they also have proxies so things that are not made out of like things wine are made out of but like things that would be like wines but they're made of like mushrooms that relax you or whatever those things are like oh. you know cbd mocktails and stuff like that and I, like, I, I drink alcohol, whatever, but, like, what I've found is I can't drink as, like, like I used to, obviously, you know what mm. I mean? Like, also, like, I don't have time. I'm too tired. I'm, like, yeah. I can't be, I can't afford to be hungover ever, you know what yeah. I mean? But, like, I have been having these, I haven't tried a lot of red wines, but I've been having these, like, white wines and sparkling wines when I'm outside and it's hot, and I'm, like, there are no consequences. Like, <laughs> I feel fine. And I'm, yeah. like, oh. Like, you know, and I love a fancy drink. I love like a mm. sparkling wine. I love all those things. But like now I can like drink a bunch of that stuff. Like if I'm going to like go outside and have like a, to someone's pool or something, right? Mm. Like you bring a bottle of this, you're pouring it, you're having a great time with everybody. But like you can drive home. You can drive. What's the name of yours again? Spring is in blue. No, spring. This is spring in a bottle. Spring it's like in a the, bottle. This is, this is this one. So this is oh, one. Beautiful. The one I was, I was trying. It's delicious. It's like, it's such a nice rosé. It has no alcohol. I have to, the reason I chose, because I was going to do sparkling. Yeah, yeah. Like regular wine. But like, I have to drive to a show after this. So I was like, oh, well, I don't want to like drink a bunch. And chances are, if I'm having fun, I'm going to have more than one glass. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, let me get a nice de-alcoholized one. Yeah. So I can have some drinks and then I'm totally fine. Oh, I love That's that. That one I can't find. I couldn't find it in Canada. So spring in a bottle, please come to Canada. I would love that. I know, yes. Because it looks beautiful. It's really good, too. It's really nice. It's a very good, like, summertime drink. But oh, I have to recommend this. I feel like there's so many more places now that are interested in mm -hmm. offering non-alcoholic drinks, but that aren't just, like, sugar water or just, like, soda water. It's, like, yes. really complex, really wonderful. They offer different, like, I don't know. Like, I want fancy things. You know what I mean? I want yeah. fancy drinks. Respect, so yeah. respect the buyer. Who doesn't want yeah. alcohol? They're still a buyer. They have money to spend. Hello? You're missing the yeah. opportunities here. Well, like, often they're more them. expensive than regular alcohol. So, well, you know, let's, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, let's respect in that way, too, and yeah. lower a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and do you have a mantra that you're currently – that's currently in your heart. I have like always again. I always have. Oh, wow. love. Is it from Alpha? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I have so many from my dad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. 
But so I have, I often have one that is mm. like a Martha Graham quote that I like absolutely love. And I feel like I just want to send it to you separately because it's long, but it's like kind of epic in the way of like, there's, you have no business dimming your light ever as an artist. It's not your job to decide what's right and what's good. It's your job to like, let it flow through you, but mm. I'm going to send it to you because it is so good. And it's, oh, really I shall, I have it because you mentioned <gasps> it in an interview and I was like, wow, that's good. And I bookmarked it on my, <laughs> I could have been cool and like not told you that, but it was, I actually in researching you, I like stopped and read it a few times and I was like, oh, we're bookmarking this bitch and coming oh. back to the, it's quite epic. I agree it's with that. One of the most epic, beautiful things. And like, if you, I don't know if you've seen any like pictures of Martha Graham. Mm -hmm. She's mm. like a marvel. Like, it's just like the shapes her body goes into that are so strong. And like, she was kind of the, one of the pioneers who like broke through ballet, pointed toes, perfect this. She was like weird shapes. She wanted things to be different. Oh. And so this is like the perfect. So that's my kind of like always in yes. my heart. But this is one I have. I feel like this is a good one to share. That's like kind of oh, like okay, a one. I love. Okay. Of like it's hanging by my desk. Oh. Um, I don't know if this is backwards or not, but it says, um, "Hear everyone, but do what you want." And it's an Urdu quote because I because I or an Urdu saying, but I was like, yeah, like it's important I think to like be open to other perspectives and hear everybody and like hear different sides of things. And in the end, you must always do the thing that feels the most right to you. Mm. And so it's like my husband always laughs because I'll be he'll be saying like we should do this or this, and I'm like I do what I want. <laughs> it's like a joke. <laughs> Like, we should all really be saying that with our hearts and souls, I think, because yeah. you only have one life to live and it's so morbid, but we're all going to die. And yeah. like, you never want to, this is the other thing. Oh my God, this is going to give you, this gives me shivers every time I say it. And it mm. always makes me want to like die, but not actually, but like <laughs> someone said like, what if when you, if you believe in heaven, right. Mm, or like an mm. afterlife or whatever, what if when you died, you got to big quotation marks heaven. Cause you know, whatever that thing is mm. and you met the version of yourself you could have been if you weren't scared to try something new or you Shut weren't scared to do it. And I literally was like, like I couldn't sleep for like two days after this person told me. So I was like, oh, I, I'm crying. I'm literally, I have tears in my eyes. Oh my God. It's oh, heavy. Right? I didn't know where you were going and my like want of control like or my, I don't know, my stress, my like, oh my God, my heart was like trying to guess. And it's like when you're at a really good stand-up show and you're like trying to guess and you can't like blow line. That's what it was. It was a heart stand-up show. Oh my God. I did. Ooh, I hope this is the dream, I guess, that I meet almost my twin. Like that's right? what you want to meet. Not fully oh. because I want forgiveness of, because like, listen. I, no perfectionism here. That's what we're trying to like unearth. So she's not going to be exact, but I really hope, I hope she's a fraternal twin. She doesn't need to be identical, but I want her to be a fraternal. I want to meet my fraternal twin. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Oh my it's a, God. I feel like that is something that keeps me, if I go back to that, I'm always like, oh snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like don't limit yourself because you are scared, because you are ashamed, because you think you are not worthy, because nobody cares. <laughs> It's only going to be you. It's only detrimental to you in the end. So, like, go for it. It's yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever said. But, like, really, like, just do it. Just go and do it and make it happen and, like, fail brilliantly and then get up and laugh about it and try something else. Like, the worst thing that could happen is you die. <laughs> and that's going to happen anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then you'll meet your fraternal twin who's like, Good job, girl. And high fives like, you. Did. That thing you did was crazy. <laughs> I, I would have done the same thing. I did the same thing. 
it's funny that you're like your mantra is about like going to heaven or dying or whatever i was watching a tv show and this character said it and it just like hit me she just said to herself like you're not dying it just feels like you are and i've been like struggling with some grief lately some like deep grief and i keep oh thank you and i keep but i promise i'm okay or i would not bring it here to this space i promise i'm okay but i it's okay just that point. Oh, thank you. Oh my God, we're so going to be friends and we're on completely equal levels and I'm not lower status. I'm being friends. Because um, <laughs> I set that up and I'm not setting that up here. Um, but lately I've been saying it to myself, like when I'm really kind of, and I really am trying to like embrace all of the feelings around grief and I, I want to move through it and not around it or all the things. And so um, in however you can, however we do that, I don't even know, but day by day. But that's something I've been finding I've been saying to myself is like, okay, you're not dying. It just feels like you are. And like feel the feelings and know what yeah. the reality is. You're not dying. It just feels like you are. And that yeah. <laughs> when I'm saying it, it sounds morbid, I guess like you had said, but it, it's been bringing me so much comfort that like I can handle the feeling. Yeah. The reality is I'm not dying and I could be. So let's be grateful that I'm not, but like, yeah. Morbid, like thinking about death is the only true living mm. in a way because mm. like, our wedding song is mm. If We Were Vampires by Jason Isbell. And I remember the day my husband played it for me. We were on a plane and he's like, oh, I heard this new song and he played it for me. I instantly started bawling because it's a song. I don't know if you know it, but it's about mm. like talking about like, what if we like we had this great love? What if we could live forever and just have mm. this love forever? And then he's like, but then I wouldn't feel this need to like hold your hand. I wouldn't feel this need to like, you know, it, it, it's hit me and it's like, but we, we can't, we're, we're going to die. Like we can't be vampires and just live here forever. And if we did, that would be way less special. We wouldn't feel the need to have all this fun. We would laugh at people who were like out there smoking and talking to each other intimately. Like we would be like, we can do that tomorrow. We can do it the next time. But like, it's so true about like living is about like understanding that like we are dying. It's when we forget that we're going to die that we think like, oh, I can do it tomorrow. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's too scary. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all going to die. It could happen today. It could happen mm -hmm. in 25 years. It could happen. Well, you don't know. So like in this moment, are you truly living if you think mm -hmm. you can pass it on to do it tomorrow? Or are you truly living if you know like I'm going to die, so mm -hmm. I got to do this thing. I have to live fully. I have to say I love you. I have to like apologize. I have to like, you know, play with my kids and cancel that thing or quit my job or stay in my job or whatever it is, you know, yeah. like it's so beautiful. But yeah, so I think it's like people are like, that's so morbid. I'm like, or is it living? Is yeah. it the most alive we'll ever be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's morbid to like just talk about something that is a fact that is we're all going to die and let's just talk about it. Like it's just a fact. We're all just, if we just put it off or whatever, it doesn't make it less true. So right, right, it's yeah. a part of a human experience. It's a part of being yeah. alive. So I'm so with you that I'm like, let's talk about it. Let's all connect about it, about all the things, pregnancy, death, motherhood, all abortion, all the things, please. Yeah. Like, let's just talk about them. And that would yeah. make my heaven, Amanda, high five me because she's talking about all of them for sure. Yes, totally, <laughs> totally, yes. Well, thank you so much, Aisha. Look at me holding my chin. So like I'm like wrapping up and then holding my chin afterwards. Thank <laughs> you so much. It was such a pleasure. You have Love genuinely it. been on my list of like people that I have wanted to have on the podcast since, since the inception of the show, however many episodes oh ago. God. I think you are wonderful. And everyone who talks about you to me says nothing but wonderful things. So you are very Aww. loved and cheerleadered. 
everywhere. <laughs> um, well, I hope I hope it's because I genuinely cheerlead for everybody. Mm. I want everyone to win at all times, mm-hmm. even people who are bad to me. I still want them to win. So, like, that's a. I mean, that's a very beautiful thing to hear. But I appreciate it. This was so fun. I loved oh. this. And also, I love that it was just like, like I, when I was like seeing other ones, I'm like, oh man, it's so funny. And so like, you know, but I was like, I don't know, whenever I get talking, it ends up being like this dark, deep things. So I feel like, oh. but like having space to have that is like a beautiful thing. So thank oh. you. I'm so glad that you felt that this was a space for that. Cause I want this to be a space for that. And that is so a part of my heart as well. And honestly, like I've been thinking this season, everyone listening and watching every time therapy is brought up drink because it's every fucking episode <laughs> at least once. So it's like at this point, it's like Please a running joke. Like, one of those like therapy online like better help. Like, yeah, I totally, <laughs> I should reach out and be like better help. I'm already advertising you basically yeah. like jump on board. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. Please everybody. Okay. It's such a gift to yourself if you can. And moms out there, if you need me to babysit, well, you have therapy reach out to me please oh my gosh that's honestly that's like yeah. so the multi-leveled best offer you can make <laughs> oh it is true and like also i'll bring you a snack oh i'll just keep wearing oh my god yes. heaven amanda's like good check 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 good job good job that was what i was gonna do yeah, today good job yeah 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show, here's a few ways you can help. You can leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Liquid Courage Podcast, or, and best of all, you can tell a friend about the show. Tell a family member, tell a coworker, post about your favorite episode online, spread the word. That really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow. Did I just rhyme? Okay, until the next episode, cheers!